This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view, this is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. I'm joined, as always, by co-host Eric Eggers. Uh, now, Eric, I've been out of town uh, for the last couple of weeks, going from coast to coast, from Florida all the way to California and back. Uh, you are, in addition to being the co-host of this program, the Vice President for Strategic Initiatives at GAI. So I would like to know, what sort of strategic initiatives have you been working on in my absence? Well, it's a great question. And uh, while we are the Government Accountability Institute, I was unprepared for this level of accountability for my own <laughs> professional actions. But don't worry, I've been wildly productive as oh. the Vice President of Strategic Initiatives. Man, I've been you know, kind of leveraging existing assets, exploring ways to capitalize <laughs> and maybe kind of vertically integrate <laughs> some of our additional um, initiatives well, and concepts. Wait, wait, wait. What does that exactly mean? Okay, I've been golfing and playing on social media a lot. Actually, so, yeah. Okay, okay. So if you're on social media, yeah. uh, that probably means you're on TikTok, right? The rest of the country is, most of the world is, and that is the world's most popular media site uh, these days. Um, and we want to talk about TikTok today. So you can use your vast experience of watching what is, what is it called? WAP dance videos uh, and everything else you've done on TikTok because we want to discuss today TikTok, the fastest growing app in history. Young people are all over it. But what actually is it and what does it actually mean for the United States? And why it's in the news now and why we're talking about TikTok is, you know, there's been this long history and people have raised concerns about it. The Trump administration actually threatened to ban it yep. for some of the concerns. We'll talk about that shortly. But, uh, you know, the assurances that TikTok gave said, oh, no, hey, don't worry. Those things you're worried about. It's actually funny. I remember in uh, spring of 2020 when COVID sort of shut everything down and yeah. I was forced, unfortunately, to spend more time with my children. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of my children, was, uh, Elijah, my son, uh, somebody said something about TikTok and Elijah said, um, oh, TikTok, that's just how China spies on us. Really? I know. As Very a, shrewd kid. As a first grader, I was like, so I don't know. He's obviously in class with somebody that reads your books, but... Um, <laughs> The, <laughs> or he listens to his dad. He right? It's possible also. It's not possible. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought it was kind of crazy. And so it turns out that recent revelations, BuzzFeed did this whole expose. It says, well, actually, yeah. Yes. <laughs> because it turns out despite their pledges to keep U.S. user data separate, and they're going to keep them on U.S. servers, there's been leaked recordings from these internal meetings where I think consultants and other people that work for TikTok basically says, and this is a quote, 
China sees everything. Yes. And so why we're talking about TikTok today is it's been reported that despite all the other, and I can't believe you said WAP dance on a podcast, <laughs> but but despite everything else, uh, it's really, it's not so much um, about the WAP dance. It's about, sorry, the leak, because yeah. uh, yeah. this information that we use that ends up on Chinese uh, servers and ultimately in front of people that work for the Chinese government, and, and that includes Chinese intelligence services. That's exactly right. And look, we're going to unpack this today. Uh, I think there are several big misconceptions that people have. We're going to talk about that up front. Then we're going to go through the history uh, of TikTok, concerns about TikTok, and then we're going to, at the tail end, talk about what we actually know. What are the implications for national security? What are the cultural implications. And this is really interesting. China has its own version of TikTok by the same company. It's censored and more controlled, but they're actually putting some restrictions on the use of it that don't apply in the United States. But let's begin, first of all, with what TikTok is not. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was interesting because I assumed it was like Facebook. It was like Twitter. Actually, when you look at it, TikTok is actually not a social media platform. Uh, now, in social media like Facebook and Twitter, of course, you, you, you friend people or you follow people. That's not actually what TikTok does. In fact, TikTok's Australian general manager told the Australian Sen uh, Senate uh, that TikTok is less about social connection and more about broadcasting. Uh, and this is interesting because it's not really about connecting people. You don't really make cho as many choices on TikTok that matter about the content. The content is fed to you by this massive, powerful algorithm uh, that ByteDance, the parent company, created for TikTok. You know, you and me, man, we can't escape talking about shady algorithms. It, uh, <laughs> we've referenced it before, but we produced a film a couple of years ago called The Creepy Line. It was about Google and it was about Facebook. And specifically, it was about these algorithms and essentially the soft power that technology companies have to shape the things that Americans see. Yeah. And when you shape the things they see, or potentially more importantly, don't see, then that's how you shape what they think and ultimately what they do. Right. And we you know, talked to a Harvard psychologist who said, no, we, I think there's electoral ramifications of this. We're talking about millions of votes are shifted. So, I mean, think about what Google and Facebook can do. And now you're talking about an app that's controlled by China and essentially targeted towards a much younger generation. Right. And uh, no, I think it's it's very real. And so this is, you know, we're not the first ones to raise this issue. In 2019, and we it's another phrase we've heard before on this podcast, CFIUS. Right. Once again, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, they began investigating the national security implications of how TikTok collects Americans' data because Americans essentially put it out there. And this is a key thing also from the creepy line. If you can't tell what the product is, right. you're the product. Exactly. Right? So you, we think it's just fun. Hey, it's like me doing a dance, you know, yeah. whatever variety. And it's free. This this app is free. Right. This is really, really cool. But actually, there is a price that you're paying for using this app. Yeah, and the app is the data that you're giving these companies. And that's what Cifius was looking at because there's like, right. hey, wait, TikTok's owned by a Chinese company. And what's happening to that data? And so that's why in 2020, Donald Trump threatened to ban the app entirely over the concerns that the uh, Chinese government could use the ByteDance companies the dossiers of personal information like china could just say hey bite dance we'd like to see that and right. ByteDance is like why and china's like because we're china <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah i forgot yeah uh but tiktok had said that they would never share user data with the chinese government and would not do so if they were asked yeah and here's what's interesting about this by the way is the fact that tiktok they will say we have tiktok usa we are an american company but remember they are actually owned they are a subsidiary they are controlled by ByteDance, which is based where 
in Beijing, China. Right. And by being in Beijing, China, you are subject to the laws, the rules, and the controls of the Chinese government. There's a 2013 and a 2019 two national security laws that say to Chinese companies, anytime we, the government, want data from you, you're required to give it to us. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the, the quiet part that people don't typically say out loud, but you're exactly right. And that's why when you're talking about China, it's different than when you're talking about businesses that are based in other companies. And so, you know, TikTok said, hey, we're not going to give this info to the Chinese government. And so, you know, <laughs> technically that's true <laughs> because as the BuzzFeed people disclosed, uh, China just sort of takes it. Like TikTok yeah. didn't necessarily give it, China just took it. And I think this is a key point in the, the BuzzFeed article. It says, the lawmakers fear the Chinese government will be able to get its hands on the data is rooted in the reality. And this is again, a quote from the article that Chinese companies are subject to the whims of the authoritarian Chinese communist party, which has been cracking down on its homegrown tech giants over the last year. Yeah. So you, so China can do what it wants. And Oh, by the way, by cracking down on tech giants, what does that mean? It means we've been collecting more data. That's right. We've been collecting more data and we control that data because we deem that it's in our sort of national security interest to do so. And, you know, you brought this up earlier as we were discussing this. If anybody has doubts about the dystopian nature uh, of this regime, look at what's happening in terms of human rights, this whole issue that they're, they're selling uh, uh, body organs, uh, the fact that they're suppressing the Uyghurs. But as you brought up, you've got this massive COVID crackdown uh, that's been taking place in China. And it's really surreal when you start looking at how they do this, the draconian approach that they take, the fact that they're using data and advanced technology to control people. Yeah. So like, why should we be concerned if China has our data right now? We live in the United States, so it's different. But just to show you like what China does with data when it concerns their own American citizens. I mean, again, look at, as you noted, great word, draconian shut down and crack down on behavior to control COVID in the Shanghai region just recently. I mean, they were, you didn't see a ton of report on this. They were basically forcing people to live at the places where they work, right? Their factories are right. busting people in and out. It's like, no, you will sleep at this factory right. and continue to work to run, to maintain the productivity of the regime. And then the citizens that didn't have to go to the factories or wherever they worked to, to sleep and live, they made them stay in their homes. They used robot dogs to patrol the streets. Yeah, like, that's scary. Those robot I mean, dogs. I mean, we could out. just call them robots. They are just robots, <laughs> but they were in the shape of dogs, which right. is weird. I guess it could have been a kangaroo and made it a bit cuddlier. Right. But still, like this is this animatronic dog that's walking through the streets, yeah. sh barking out, sorry, orders from the Chinese government. So that's what they do. And they like know where you are. So I mean, they've, they've proven to be uh, willing to use a fairly heavy hand when it comes to yeah. using information to control behavior of their citizens. Yeah. So this was the concern that was expressed by President Trump in 2020 when he issued an executive order where he wanted to ban TikTok. He wanted to force the sale of TikTok from ByteDance, the Chinese-owned company that has links to the CCP force that sale to an American company like Microsoft uh, because the theory would be, and I think I would agree with it, although I have concerns about big tech companies, that they would do a better job and you wouldn't have a hostile pyro controlling data. Well, he said data still Bill Gates. <laughs> 
<laughs> I take Bill Gates as much as he freaks me out. I take him instead of President G All right. to control my data. But he said, quote, uh, TikTok's data collection threatens to allow the Chinese Communist Party access to Americans' personal and proprietary information. And this concern uh, was so great that actually today, right now in 2022, if you are in the U.S. military, you are not allowed to have TikTok on your app. The government of India has banned it. Uh, if you uh, remember, of course, India had these border skirmishes going on uh, with China over the last couple of years up high in the Himalayan mountains. The Indian government declared that TikTok was a national security threat because they were collecting data on Indian citizens, but they're also pushing out pro-Chinese government uh, propaganda. Uh, through the algorithm. So they've actually banned it in India. So there have been some very real concerns about what's going on. But talk a little bit more about this recent article in uh, BuzzFeed about TikTok has claimed and said repeatedly in public that we will not share this data with the Chinese government. We don't work with the Chinese government. We are completely independent. Is that actually true? Well, no, because that's, I mean, that's what happened. TikTok brought in these consultants from, I think it uh, wasn't PricewaterhouseGroup, it was someplace like that. It was a consultant and they, in looking at it and they're like, wait a minute, they're kind of unpacking the back end and they're like, we, we're data people. We don't understand what some of these things are here for. So there's all, there's back doors everywhere, essentially, right, right. right? Back doors everywhere to get the data back to China. And there's some aspects of the code that they're like, oh, this doesn't seem like it makes any sense. And so it's sort of like it's there on purpose and it's there because it, it doesn't operate like a typical uh, technological platform. It's, it's, it's got a different purpose, right? The purpose yeah. is to send the information back there. And they're like, look, this is frustrating. We can't control it. And so even even if there's a small sliver of stuff that TikTok USA is trying to put on these Oracle servers, it's called Project Texas, to keep the information from going to China. The article admits, like, look, China could still just buy this information if they wanted to from yeah. data services. And there's been some interesting stuff in the big BuzzFeed article as well and other news outlets, uh, leaks from employees that worked at TikTok that say this notion that there's no Chinese involvement in the management is absolutely ridiculous. They yeah. talk about the fact that they have to change their work hours to correspond with when businesses are open in Beijing. They're constantly uh, emailing people in Beijing that have managerial control over TikTok. TikTok. So all the evidence seems to indicate that TikTok is lying uh, when they claim that they are, quote unquote, an autonomous American company and there is no involvement by Beijing whatsoever. And here's why that's a problem, not just from a privacy standpoint, but then again, what do you do with that soft power? What do you do with the access to the information? Uh, as the article pointed out, that the concern is that the soft power of the Chinese government could impact how ByteDance executives direct their American counterparts to adjust the levers of TikTok's E4U algorithm, which you talked about the importance of this algorithm algorithm because it just sends you the next video. You don't make any choices, right? It's just showing right. you these things. Uh, and so, you know, Senator Ted Cruz, for example, has called TikTok a quote, Trojan horse, the Chinese Communist Party can use to influence what Americans see, hear, and ultimately think. So there are people, again, raising these concerns. I like how the military is like, no, you can't have it. India's like, we don't like it. American parents are like, bro, check out this dance. <laughs> It's, it's it's really crazy. And look, what Cruz is saying is not hyperbole. There's already numerous examples of content that has been censored uh, on TikTok. That includes uh, criticisms of the Chinese government, um, it, it you know restrictions on other things that that they deem fit. So it is a very real problem. So look, let's step back now for a minute. This is this is a complicated subject because you've, we're talking about algorithms, we're talking about corporate control. But what do we actually know? What do 
we actually know when it comes to uh, TikTok and why uh, should we be concerned? Well, the first thing that has to be noted is this is a highly addictive product. It's much more addictive than other social media platforms like Facebook and TikTok. And the reason is... There's less racist people on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it has nothing to do with the con. It all comes back to the algorithm. Because I have and- to be on... The racists are actually part of the feature for me on Facebook, not the book. You oh, know, are like they? You like the just, combat? Just, I just like them yelling at each other. You like, like them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it gets tiring to me oh. after, and maybe that's why they're less addictive. But what's interesting about this app is that you don't really make choices. When you go on Facebook, you choose who you want to be friends with right. and they have to decide where they want a friend. You, you choose who to follow on, on Twitter. You can block, et cetera. Uh, that none of that applies when it comes to TikTok. Uh, and literally it's all about the algorithm, which is the envy of Silicon Valley. Uh, the reason that Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook and these other companies are scrambling is they're trying to catch up with this advanced addictive uh, uh, product that TikTok has created. And it all comes down to sort of the biology of dopamine and the fact that this is something that plays a major role in human motivation. Uh, it's, it's what gets us excited and engaging in video content uh, like you get on TikTok is highly addictive. So addictive, in fact, I find this really interesting, that the Chinese government has actually placed restrictions on the Chinese version of TikTok. Because they recognize how addictive it is, which is pronounced "duin," "duin," uh, or "duin," which yeah. So this is uh, you told me this. I was this is wild to me. So think, I mean, just again, difference in cultures, difference in government controls. Sure. So I mean, Americans obviously we live in a land of freedom; we can do whatever. Not so much in China. So China has imposed you can only use their version of TikTok for forty minutes a day, and then it shuts down, and it shuts down. (laughs) Right. So my kids who think they're being like heavily abused because they only get like three hours of screen time during the summertime. Right, right. Yeah, 40 minutes of TikTok over in China. I'm about to make sure I tell them that. Yeah. Um, and then it, the app is actually shut off. Right. From 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Because they actually want the kids to sleep. Right. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. And then they've got another interesting component because, of course, what is interesting about TikTok is it's this constant feeding. It takes you from one video to another to another. In China, in addition to the 40-minute-a-day uh, time limit, the fact that the, op- uh, the app is closed at night, you have five-second pauses between videos to sort of get you out of that loop. Uh, and then the final one I found this interesting was education content is inserted into the feed. Uh, now, when I was researching this, Eric, I ran across... Um, this uh, uh, woman in Singapore uh, who is uh, ethnically Chinese who actually has both apps. She has the U.S. version of TikTok and it's pronounced Duin. Duin, yeah. Duin. She has both of them on her feed and she was comparing them and she was noting how the Duin feed had all these, she would, she would get all these interesting feeds about how to do things about Chinese <laughs> history, like productive, exactly about <laughs> science experiments and the TikTok learn a ver- different language. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whereas the TikTok version is all the American version is all absolute silliness. Let's hypersexualize teenagers. Yeah. And, I mean, it's all yeah. absolutely. So, so that's really interesting to me. And, you know, the question comes down to look, I, have been highly critical of the Chinese government for years. Uh, it's an oppressive uh, government, an oppressive regime. I believe in freedom. I have strong libertarian uh, impulses. But I have to tell you, just because the Chinese government has done these things yep. doesn't make it wrong just because they did it. Horrible governments sometimes can do the right thing in a very narrow space. And I have to tell you, having looked at 
TikTok and what it does. Some of this stuff uh, really has a lot of appeal to me because it seems like the Chinese government recognizes this is addictive. It's socially destructive in some ways. Kids aren't getting enough sleep. So I got to tell you, some of my libertarian impulses on this issue may be shifting a little bit given how much of a problem TikTok presents for young people. I mean, look. We don't allow 14-year-olds to buy cigarettes, right? Right. So should we allow a 14-year-old, if a parent is working, if a parent's negligent, same thing in the cigarette scenario, if one parent may say, I don't care if my 14-year-old smokes, but is there an interest that we have as a society to say, we don't want millions of kids staying up all night watching these insane videos? I like how Peter Schweitzer is okay with cultural oppression, as long as it's the <laughs> cultural oppression he agrees with. And if you're wondering what he's going to do as soon as this podcast is over, it sounds like he'll be rewriting some of the GAI employee handbook provisions it for will social be. media. We, no, no TikTok on any GAI employees. Shut it down from 10 to 6. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's a great point. And I think this is a key thing because um, and this is, I think, I ties in with the things you've been reporting on in your last book, Red Handed, which again, I'm contractually obligated to mention was number one for like a decade. But uh, no, it was, it was a runaway bestseller. But why it matters with that you have US government officials that are so heavily leveraged when it comes to business or personal, financial or political arrangements with the government of China is if it's better for the government of China that American citizens use TikTok, right? Yeah. Because it is a subsidiary of a Chinese company, then no, who's incentivized to make exactly the point that you just made? We know that the US, we know that human brains aren't fully formed cognitively until their age of 25. Right. And we do have laws that regulate things like, I mean, it's true, the dopamine thing you talked about, it's the same sensor that happens when you drink alcohol, right. smoke cigarettes, yep. view pornography, and conceptually, there are rules about all all those things as far right. as when you're allowed to be able to see those things. Correct. Yet there are no rules Great when point. it comes to accessing social media apps like this one, especially the most highly addictive one that, oh, by the way, happens to feed your personal information to America's greatest geopolitical threat. Otherwise, it's great. Yeah, exactly. So so point number one, this is highly addictive. Your immediate point right there brings us to point number two, and that is that there are very powerful American firms that are invested in TikTok. So you wonder, is there would there be resistance to uh, reforms or blocking TikTok Absolutely. You've got major American Wall Street firms like KKR uh, and Sequoia Capital who are major investors in TikTok. And or probably very dads. politically connected. Right? Yeah, absolutely politically connected um, and would say like, no, we don't want any restrictions on this. Is This is outrageous. And of course, the other big tech firms like Facebook and Microsoft, they're not going to be as aggressive. They're not as addictive as TikTok, but they don't want any restrictions because their business model is also to collect data and to addict young people onto their products as well. So they would resist reform. So that's point number two. There are a lot of a powerful American institutions and actors who are involved with TikTok and don't want to see changes made in this area. Yeah. And this is an unfortunate aspect of, of freedom and, you know, I think American capitalism, because like what we also have a problem with obesity in this country, right? Yeah. And so, and specifically like juvenile obesity. And so you kind of wonder, hey, like, should we, I mean, you, I don't think you'd be okay with the government saying you should eat healthier food. I mean, Lord knows we didn't like it when Michelle Obama tried it, right? <laughs> and, and that was really bad food, though, wasn't it? I, I never actually ate it, so I yeah. don't know. But I know it was sort of re rejected. <laughs> but it, but it is funny, like the government regulations, because we are clearly failing in some regard, like right. on in mass, right? Yeah. And that's not a fat pun, but just like as a as a large society, there are certain things that we're trending in the wrong direction for. Yeah, physical yeah. fitness, emotional, mental health, and these are just. And I think what's interesting is these are among the 
the people that are doing ByteDance and its US subsidiary TikTok are among the companies making money off of our cultural dissent. Well, I- exactly. But, but you know, to make an even finer point to that, you raised this earlier, it's not just a question of individuals. We're talking about children. Right. I mean, overwhelmingly, the people on TikTok are not 45-year-olds. They're not 45-year-old dudes. That's hope not. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's largely kids that are teenagers or in their young 20s. When you're in your young 20s, obviously, you are legally an adult. But why we say it's okay and we're not going to have any restrictions for 14, 13, 12-year-olds to access this is beyond me. So, you know, uh, we've made two points here that I think are vitally important. The first one is it's highly addictive. The second point is you've got a lot of American institutions institutions that are tied up with this that would resist uh, any restrictions or dealing with TikTok. Point number three is that TikTok coordinates with the Chinese government, right? They collect all this data, all this information, they're required to hand it over. And there is uh, increasing evidence from people who have worked at TikTok uh, to the fact that Chinese uh, individuals, there have been leaked documents, that Chinese individuals in Beijing are the ones who are actually making the major decisions at TikTok. Those are three powerful things to be concerned about. And so that's not just like a cultural issue. That's actually a national security threat. And there's two points to make. There's a former national security advisor named Matthew Pottinger. He said during a recent Senate Intelligence Committee hearing that China has, quote, enough information to influence, intimidate, uh, reward, blackmail, flatter or humiliate, divide and conquer nearly all American citizens. Wow. Right. So, I mean, he's, they're saying they have enough information on that to do this basically to anybody they need to do it. And, you know, the other aspect from an American uh, security standpoint, and actually as a former state rep who used to raise this issue about our obesity problem as a society, you know, it's a national security issue. Like, do we have uh, enough people that can form a U.S. military presence if we needed it in a large enough scale? And like, if China was actually considering any level of hostile action, maybe overtly or otherwise. I mean, what better way to do it than to kind of eradicate an entire generation of American citizens, both in terms of like, hey, we're going to addict you to dopamine. We're going to keep you from being able to mentally focus. We're going to like make you dumber. We're going to keep you in less physical shape, right? I mean, like, Big picture, it's kind of scary. It's absolutely scary. And and Pottinger, by the way, speaks Mandarin. He's an expert in the field. I mean, that is not the sort of statement uh, that is reckless when you right. know what his background. It is truly a frightening situation. So I guess the bottom line is, Eric, you're a parent. I'm a parent. What is your view when it comes to TikTok? Are your kids on TikTok? Do you think they should be on TikTok? What's the strategy here in terms of dealing with this? Yeah, everything you said. No, I'm, we're still TikTok because it's easier <laughs> than parenting. Like, come on, China. <laughs> Like, I don't care how much of my data you have, as long as I can get 30 minutes to breathe. <laughs> no, that's not that's not the case. But that is the, the Faustian bargain that many people make. Right? It's I mean, scary. Yeah. That, yeah. But that's, you know, so I guess uh, I guess the good news is, is I feel much better about myself as a parent because they only watch like Disney Plus as opposed to TikTok. Right? <laughs> so they're getting the Disney propaganda. Yeah. Like, Daddy, uh, did you know gender is a spectrum? Dang it. <laughs> Well, so bottom line, be very concerned about TikTok. It's highly addictive. They're linked to the CCP. It has very serious neurological implications uh, for children, and it is a major problem. And I have to say, as somebody who generally takes the approach that government should be hands off on these issues, when you see what is at stake with TikTok, my attitude as it relates to that is dramatically changing. No, I know. It sounds like uh, you're becoming more like Chinese dictator all the time. You come <laughs> that's, back, the, that's why I'm going to run GAI you, you, you from now You come on. back from California acting like Gavin Newsom, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to open a winery as well. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on The Drill Down. As always, you've been listening to Peter Schweitzer and Eric Eggers. Uh, you can find our podcasts at thedrilldown.com. You can find Eric's uh, terrific book on voter fraud, really the one that came out before the 2020 election predicting a lot of this. That book is called Fraud. And you can find my book, uh, Red Handed, and my other books at Amazon. Thanks so much for joining us. 